Welcome to the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage podcast. I'm Adrienne Permar, the director of the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage. We're operating here near Athens, Georgia. I'm here with Mitzi Everett, my co-host and lead instructor. We'll be discussing some interesting topics in the massage therapy practice and sharing stories from our 30 plus years of combined experience in massage therapy. Welcome. We're happy to talk to you. Welcome back to the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage podcast. My name is Adrian Permar, and I'm here with Mitzi Everett. Good morning. How are you? And we are discussing today our best massages and doing a little bit of recap of our previous episodes. I just wanted to give a little apology first that I have some nasal congestion. Uh, I swear it's not COVID. It's just allergies, uh, seasonal allergies from hay fever. Okay, do you want to start with what you've got? Yeah, so over the last two or three podcasts, we've talked a lot about, you know, what makes for a bad massage. Um, We also talked about... Therapeutic treatment. Yes, yes, why it is therapeutic, what makes a massage therapeutic. And um, I think it all really comes back to communication. I just can't stress that enough, and that was one of the things I just wanted to touch on um, in case I didn't say it enough last time. It really is all about communication, um, learning what your clients' wants and needs are in a very short amount of time because you don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Your time is valuable, so you want to be very clear and concise and ask the right questions to get those answers um, that help you give your client the best massage possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we were planning on doing a bit of a recap today, but also uh, talking about what our best massages are so instead of having a couple of bad episodes about bad massages we were talking about our you know what makes our most awesome massages yes and that's really what we want to focus on we want every (laughs) massage to be a great massage and while you might kind of have those bad massages linger for a little while i think the good ones should outweigh them (laughs) yeah absolutely and you know back to your point on communication i absolutely think it's not just, I mean, there's this sort of transactional idea with communication. I think that that is important, you know, making sure your scripting is good and your website is good and all these things. And I was just listening to an AVMP podcast about uh, voicemail, making sure your voicemail is good yes. and all these things. Yes, and clear. <laughs> yeah, clear and all these, you know, important, important things. Um, and just how, for me, my best massages, when I reflect back, it's more than just the manual techniques. It's more than even just... The communication, but there's a certain amount of just that person is 100% present with you and paying attention to you. So it's not just about like, did they listen to me exactly what I wanted? But it's sort of like the people that I remember the most that I went back to as kind of feeling like this vulnerable client looking for a therapeutic outcome. It was really about this kind of mystique around this person because they seemed like they really were present with me and paid attention to me for that hour. It's It's hard to explain. No, I I totally understand. I get what you're saying because for me, it is, like you said, it's not just the actual hands-on part of the service. Um, It's really about the whole experience. You know, how easy was it to schedule a massage? How was the availability? You know, when I got there, did the atmosphere seem calming and clean? And because I've I've mentioned that before (laughs) that, you know, if I walk in and things are dirty, I am not going to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I I pay attention to all of that. And it all plays into once I'm comfortable, then I can enjoy the massage. Mm -hmm. So it really starts before you even get on the table or as you get on the table, how you feel with that 
person with that provider are they making you feel comfortable are they asking you questions are they talking to you and communicating what they want to do mm-hmm. you know once I tell them hey this is what I have going on are they just going to do their you know a, a 60 minute routine or are they going to say you know I think I really need to do this this is what I'm feeling and today I, I really like to do this for you um so again communication yeah yeah and for me you know, it was about, you know, we kind of touched on this in the therapeutic episode and in some of our other episodes, the idea that it's not just, you know, that I'm going to a specific person every time, you know, you're, you're getting into that routine, those therapeutic rituals, you know, where you go to the same place, you wait in the waiting room, you do this and that. And, um, you know, it's not going to be the same for every person. You know, some people will be more comforted by, you know, everything looking super medical or by some it looking really comfortable or whatever. I mean, we always want it to be clean, but you know, there's different things that'll work for cozy different people. versus clinical. Right, right. But some people will be really like, okay, this person has medical training, or they know what they're talking about. If there's like, you know, skeletons everywhere, mm-hmm. whereas some people would be just kind of like, oh, that feels cold, that feels clinical. I agree. Yeah. You know, but there's the point is that there's an environment. It's predictable. It's you know, you know what you're getting there. You're talking to that same person. They're always consistent. I mean, that's some of my complaints with some massage therapists that I go to, you know, where they're just inconsistent. Sometimes they seem present. Sometimes they want to pay attention to you. Sometimes they don't. Yes. And, you know, so getting those routines as a therapist, um, you know, ideally working in the same room every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me as a, in the spa, sometimes that's frustrating for me because if I'm working in a different room, you know, it's like, where is everything? It kind of throws off your groove a little. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's harder. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's so true. Consistency is something else. And, you know, once you build that rapport with someone, sure, they may ask you the second time you come, the third time, the fourth time, you know, what do you want to focus on today? How are you doing today? You know what you're going to get. And so you feel a little more comfortable and every time you see them, they get more comfortable with your body. They know where those points are. They know what you're going through. They know what type of work you do and where you need the focus to be. So repeat clients are wonderful because you might do the same type of service every time, Mm -hmm. but every time you're kind of peeling away another layer and getting getting bet- more results and better results. Yeah, sorry. Thank you for reminding me. I didn't want to say that you have to do the same massage treatment right. every time, but just that the environment is predictable or that you're predictable in the fact that you are always present with them or exactly. always treating them well, you know, those exactly. kind of things. I mean, and this is a little bit different, but um, I've gone to hairdressers before where, you know, they're great. I love them as a person, but I never know what I'm going to get. It just Mm. depends on how they're feeling that day. And one day I go in, I get a great haircut and the service is great. And my time is important to me. So I'm in and out in in a right amount of time. And then other times I go in and I leave feeling like I sat there for four hours unattended. The focus wasn't on me. And like I said, I know it's a little different, but, um, it's that same attitude of, you know, respect your client and use some use some consistency. Let them know what they can expect every time they come to see you, and every time it should be nothing but professional and um, individualized. Yeah, and it's a challenge for us as therapists. I mean, for me, you know, if I'm really busy with with other things, trying to make sure that I'm grounded and and working, you know, 
getting myself settled so that I have everything I need in the new room if I'm in a different room in the spa or whatever. Make exactly. sure you get there ahead of time to warm yes. up the room or whatever it is. Yeah, I think that's something else that you know makes for a good massage is having a therapist that is prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we talked about with the bad massage, you know, the therapist got there late, nothing was warm. Mm-hmm. Um, she was rushed. It was the first one of her day. She hadn't really warmed up. The, everything was cold, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, or for me, like I've had, you know, reflecting, kind of recapping, reflecting on our worst massages from the last episode where I guess two different persons in different times and places, one where I was pregnant and one where I, you know, years before I got pregnant where, you know, I like, would have liked the person maybe, you know, their, their touch was good or their treatment was what I wanted, but there were a couple times where you'd go to the door and the door would be like locked and they're late mm-hmm. and it's, and they show up, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm late. And it's like, Oh God, that for me, cause I'm already anxious. Yes. I'm worried that I'm going to be late. You know, I need to arrive at the place and know that my therapist is there waiting for me. And I know yes. <laughs> it sounds selfish, but no. it's like, no, I need to be vulnerable. I need no. to be vulnerable. And I don't want to, when position. I'm the client, I don't want to feel like this person is rushed dealing with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them to be calm and you do need to give that time. And we can talk a little bit more about that in um, a later podcast when I think we're going to be discussing um, how to make your career last longer. Yeah, for, yeah. How, how mm-hmm. therapists can extend the life of their career but it it plays into being getting somewhere being prepared grounding and getting ready to give those services that makes for an excellent massage i think yeah absolutely so mitzi tell me what was your best massage your best massage therapist i mean i've had a couple of really good ones and all of them have something in common they were all um, i felt listened to you know i told them what i wanted and that's what i got and and it really, it wasn't even just meeting my expectations, it was exceeding my expectations. So I got what I asked for and then some. Mm-hmm. And it was a great environment. It was, you know, feeling listened to, like I said. Um, I think those that's what makes for my best massages. Can you tell me one example, like a little story about one you went to? And Yeah. Um, you the, don't have to tell the name if you don't want. <laughs> no, a girl that when I was... Um, in school, it was at the towards the end of the year, and um, I booked a service with her at the clinic, and um, and I guess it was because it was my first real full sixty minute massage. I had had a massage before that, but they were just little 30, 45 minute services, um, and then of course in school, you know, they were never full services. So this was my first full body massage experience and this was before you became a massage therapist or um, right at the end at of the my end. Okay. massage career um and the, it was just pleasant she was calm she asked questions i didn't feel like she was just wanting to get me on the table do her job and get me out of there she her whole demeanor was just calm which made me calm and then her her touch wasn't rushed you know, so, and I think mm-hmm. I just recently had a massage with Adrian <laughs> and it was very similar. It was just, you know, the touch was slow and deliberate. And I think that takes confidence, which is key mm-hmm. um, for the therapist to have that confidence to touch because you can feel that when you're getting a massage, if they're anxious, if they're not sure, they touch you like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, should I touch it? I don't know. Should I push harder? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So when you have a therapist that's confident, when you have a therapist that's deliberate, um, that makes a huge difference. Awesome. Thank you, Missy. That's cool. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I had kind of been thinking about mine as well. And um, so I think in terms of manual techniques, like this is going to sound strange, but some of my students that I trained in Washington, because, and I think because I could give them feedback, not only during the massage, but after and between them, I had a class of three students in the afternoon, which was awesome because I could you know, show them a technique and then I could have one of them work on me while the other two are working on each other and then trade um, just because you always need a body to work on. And it was, I think that they got a really awesome education just because they were constantly working on me and getting like immediate feedback. It was like, no, that wasn't right. Let's reshow it, you know. And um, I love that. I think that's a great way to teach. Yeah, and I had mentioned it in... Teaching from the table. Right, teaching from the table, yeah. I mentioned it in a previous podcast, the idea that we don't really give each other feedback. Like, it, there's some sort of, like, pride in your work, or, you know, you feel mm-hmm. like, this is my identity, and if they criticize me, it'll be wrong. And I was really thinking about, you know, maybe we should give our clients a feedback form or something, some way Definitely. to say, like hey, did I do any, you know, just have them write it down so it's not awkward. I used to do that um, at the spa that I owned. We had, uh, we were doing sort of a giveaway to kind of give them an incentive to stay after their massage and fill out this, it was like five questions and I don't remember all of them, but I know one of them was, what was your favorite part of the massage? What was your least favorite? Even if you loved all of it, what was your least favorite? And I like to ask my clients that, especially if I use hot stones or something on them, you know, I want to say, how did you like that? Was it, did you find it? enhance the service did it take away from it because I had to kind of leave the body a little bit Um, because that kind of feedback and while it may not apply to everybody I'll know for that client that you know they really like the heat but it wasn't worth it to them or something like that yeah yeah I think that's fantastic and then I recently had a we did an exchange with (laughs) Mitzi and I really I mean your Swedish massage as a Swedish massage it was like great your limb handling was really great there was nothing you know, where I went, oh, I wish you hadn't done X, Y, Z, which is, that's my Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Zed. I have had those treatments, though, where they, where when you're face down, the therapist will kind of bring the arm up behind you and bring it up off the table to work your arm. And it's like, okay, that's, that's not very comfortable. I can't relax. So, um, yeah. And I want to say something, but like we've talked about in the past, you don't want them to feel like, oh, they hate me. I'm right. anxious now. The rest of the I don't want to put them on the defensive because then I feel like they might take it out on me in the massage. Or yeah. just like, oh, well, she's just not going to be happy, so I'm not going to bother trying to please her. Right. And we do have that. You know, there's colleagues I have at the spa where they go, oh, that person was really picky. You know, and you, I've done that too, where it's like, yeah, they, they, you know, they're making requests and all of a sudden they're picky because they didn't just like right. what they wanted and then they were, yes. <laughs> you know, so it, it is a strange phenomenon. I will, and I will say this because I've had clients that will wait until I get to the last five minutes of the massage and I've already worked the legs, I've already done the arms and hands and you know, I'm wrapping it up and you can kind of, you know, when your massage is wrapping up, (laughs) it gets that feeling of, you know, wrapping it up. Mm -hmm. And she would always, and she's not a client any longer, but, um, she would always wait until those last five or 10 minutes and say, Oh, I forgot to mention, I have this issue going on. Would you mind working some more on my hand or my arm? Do you think she was trying to get extra time? Yes. That's, I kind of, and I started getting resentful. And every time I saw her on my books, I was like, Oh, I would get so frustrated and going to the massage that way. Um, so 
And I probably should have just had a conversation with her. Again, communication. Tell me ahead of time, yeah. Right. Um, Because you you really can't. Yeah, you can't really. And it kind of ruins her experience, too, to have it be like, you know, you're working on the feet, and then all of a sudden she's like, oh, work on my shoulder again. And you're like, Exactly. Now I've got to drape you, go undrape another body part. And, you know, I don't want to just go in and work really deep one area. You know, I want to warm up the whole arm if it's the shoulder. You know, I don't know. It, uh, it just throws everything off, and it left a really bad taste in my mouth every time I saw her on my books, and I should have just had a conversation. It was, I was much younger, and mm-hmm. I should have just said, look, you know, I, I appreciate you letting me know that you need to work there, but next time, let me know ahead of time, because I can plan my, my service to cater to that. Yeah. And I never did. And that's my fault. Yeah. So, I, mean, you know, I can't blame of... the client. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things where, you know, where where I did that too, where I had a client who really, she, she thought I was great. You know, she said it was one of the best therapists that she'd ever been to, mm-hmm. but there was something that I did, you know, stretching the neck that, uh, pulled on a nerve or something like that. And I was like confused about what she was talking about exactly, you know, cause to me like that kind of pulling up the back of the neck is usually the part that people find the best. Right. And so it was like confusing for me that she didn't like this. <laughs> threw me all off, you know, I was like, what do you mean you don't like this? It's like, like somebody that doesn't like your favorite movie. Yeah. Like, how can like, you not, how like, could that? You not <laughs> like that? Everybody yeah. likes that. <laughs> yeah. She said it hurt her ear. So anyway, I mean, I, I should have probably just said to her, okay, well let me know, you know, exactly at the moment when, um, you know, I'm doing something because I, it is hard to communicate exactly ahead of time. Sometimes those things that it's like, oh, I don't like it when you do that. And then if they don't know anything about massage, they're not going to know what to use the words, you know, to explain it. I think too, like the point you were making about as therapists, if we're working on each other, um, you know, one way we can make it better and make it that best massage, it may not, it may hinder that particular massage because if yeah, you're, you're kind of sitting now, there yeah. saying, okay, that te- technique you're using, I really like it, but it feels like, you know, I don't know. So there's that line between giving feedback and getting that information, but also being in the moment and just enjoying the work. And I think like we talked about, yeah. um, maybe just a little short questionnaire after every service. What did you like? What did you not like? Or even just like one, once in a while, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking of doing a continuing education. I don't know whether people would actually pay for it or not, but the idea that they could come in and get, you know, it was like a how to improve client satisfaction or something where you're treating another massage therapist and getting really detailed feedback. Yes. You know, because That's I think. a great idea. Yeah. I think people I like just that. go years and years and years without ever getting feedback. Well, and we've talked about this before, not in the podcast, but just on the side, um, when you're getting a massage, sometimes you're like, "Ooh, what are they doing?" Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like it's hard to sometimes relax because I'm like, "That feels really great." I wonder what are they using their knuckles? Are they using what? It's what's going on here? Yeah. So you're sitting there. So it'd be nice to just be like, "Hey, show what's me going what. On? Show me that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could kind of go back into the classroom for a little bit, because yes. when you're in the class, you know, when you're in school, mm-hmm. you are doing that constantly. Where it's like, "Oh, does that feel good? Or does this feel better?" Or you know, you're asking each other questions and right. you're oh, show me how you did that, and let's practice that again. And yeah. we just don't have that Well, and not every, not every technique is perfect for every part of the body. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, I learned this really great technique. Let's see where all I can use it. You know, yeah. Is it good for the feet? No. Is it, you know, and if you have another therapist on the table and you guys are working together, um, then it's a good way before you do it on a client and mm-hmm. you know, make them feel kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, had, if you had some kind of a pure 
relationship, mentoring relationship, something like that. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's a great idea. Scientists use it all the time for peer review right, before peer they review. publish a paper. So <laughs> yeah. maybe we need to have peer review on yeah. on service techniques, massage techniques. Yeah, <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, one of the techniques that I use a lot now, um, I had gone to a lady who did Stecco method of myofascial. I don't know. I guess it has some myofascial components, but it's definitely different than a lot of other myofascial that I've um, learned. But she would do like basically like a circular friction on a point, on trigger point or something. And I was like, that feels cool. Like it felt really effective. And so I just kind of like very nervously, you know, that kind of like, oh, I'm going to try something new and maybe she'll hate it. And I started doing it on one of my clients. And afterwards, it was a regular client who had been seeing me for a long time. And she was like, that was the best massage ever. And I was like, <laughs> I guess I'm going to do that again. Swing and, and you got it instead of swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, I, she might not have said anything if she hated it, but... <laughs> But luckily, she did not hate it. So, I mean, there's things that you can incorporate from other people, but getting that feedback where if they did hate it, yeah, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, I've had people say, like, if you're learning something like cranial sacral, which, you know, some people don't want to pay. They want to feel what's going on, those kind of things. And so if you can say, hey, you know, can I include five minutes at the end of something that I'm learning? It'll be in addition to your time. So you're not paying for it. And most people... You know, when I was starting to do lymphatic and I just needed practice, I would say, you know, pay for a 60-minute massage. I'll do a half an hour of lymphatic at the end. So you get a 90-minute, you know, or I'd say, yeah, book a 90-minute lymphatic. Turn that down. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you don't only have to pay for 60, so. I think that's great. Yeah. And all of those things are going to make you a better therapist and have you producing best massages ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, best massages ever. Yeah, so, I mean, I was saying that my manual, my best manual techniques were sometimes students or, or my wonderful teacher here, um, <laughs> which is a good thing. So, you know, coming to the school, we have we have really good, um, good therapists teaching. Oh, I, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what kind of therapists are going to come out of here because I think they're going to have so many, because we both have different styles, um, so I learned myofascial in school, but it was one of those where, you know, it was a lot of assessment before they get on the table. It was, you know, you cross your hands and you hold it and you count right. to 90. And, yeah. and it was like, how do you work this into a massage? You know, especially if somebody comes in for a massage and they're expecting a little lotion, a little oil, and it's like, okay, can't do any of that. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like I was ripping their skin, but... The massage you gave me, it was awesome. I yeah, mean, I, yeah. It was the right amount of friction. Um, I didn't feel like my skin was tearing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think that the pressure, you know, getting to a, a deeper level with the myofascial, so you're not working on the superficial skin, mm -hmm. is important. So, yeah, I, I want to say that I, I'm probably going to be doing a continuing education in myofascial, so we'll, yes, you know... Yes, I can't wait to do that. <laughs> hopefully uh, share with some other people about that, because I don't think... I mean, it's not that technical. It's not that hard to do. No, and it. I think when I learned it, it was made out to be this really complicated thing that you could only really do by itself. Mm. And we weren't really shown, again, we were kind of given all these tools, but we didn't know how to use them in in one service, like how to apply them. And I think that's going to be the difference with our school is we're not only giving them the tools, but we're showing how to use them all together yeah. to make you know one great massage yeah we have a whole day like friday is our integration day where in the morning we do um sort of like professional development uh you know we're talking about therapeutic relationships and the, those kind of things 
and getting cl clinic feedback and all those things. And then in the afternoon, we do a treatment integration. So basically, they're just doing a massage, integrating whatever they've learned that week, mm -hmm. and getting a full treatment, which is, and sometimes in school, you know, you go and you push on that trigger point, and then you go back to the table and look at a PowerPoint. You never see how, it, how to do it or how to feel, how it feels to get it incorporated into a full, full service. Yeah, and then to get that really good feedback as well um, at the end. But I wanted to tell a couple of stories of my most favorite massage, mm -hmm. uh, best massages ever. And, and they really were people, you know, one of them that I was going to was a cranial sacral person. Mm -hmm. And so the techniques that she was doing, it wasn't like that kind of like, ooh, feel good kind of like, I don't know, muscular or Swedish massage. But it was, again, she was super present and she would, you know, she would assess me and do some work on my, I always did my clavicles, which I always try to integrate some clavicle work now. Mm -hmm. um, and she would just, you know, it was like she was 100% there. And, and I don't know. I mean, Laser focused. Yeah, <laughs> laser focused. And that's why, you know, I've been interested in doing some continuing education that would um, improve my longevity of my career that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But I keep coming back to like, yeah, I want to do stuff that's makes me more present. You know what I mean? More where when you're doing cranial sacral or something like that, you have to pay attention. You can't be, you know, dreaming no. of your grocery <laughs> list or something like that. I was just going to say, I, I think sometimes, especially in, in those massages where they don't want a lot of pressure or they don't really have a whole lot going on, they just want some relaxation, it's very tempting to start daydreaming and like, oh when I leave here I have to go to the grocery store don't forget to pick up this and mm -hmm. oh what do I have tomorrow who's next you know it's really tempting to do that and I think if you can do exercises to bring your focus back to your client and what you're doing not only are you going to give them a better service but you're going to pay attention more and you may find things that even though they didn't know they had it going on, you may find things that need to be worked on. Mm -hmm. And you're going to remember because I, I've had instances where I've zoned out for a minute and this is sad to say, but I'm like, how long have I been working on this leg? Right. <laughs> and did I do the other leg this long? Right. You forget what you did from one side to the other yes. or you forgot that they said light pressure or right. to avoid this area. Yeah. I whatever. just find something and go with it. And, and it's so tempting because we want to kind of hypnotize our clients with our soft lighting and the music we have to sort of use that as our advantage to almost like meditate on that person mm -hmm. yeah I've thought of uh, creating a set of like mindful massage cards like little angel cards or whatever you would call them like daily devotional kind of cards where you'd put it out on your desk and it was like you know it would say transition strokes or something like that and that would be your focus today it would be like today I'm going to make every transition stroke awesome mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? and I used to do that with lymphatic where I would try and because it is so repetitive and everything so I would really focus on okay this one I'm going to work on the circular motion or this today I'm going to work on speed and watching the clock and making sure I'm making sure each stroke is slow and the mm -hmm. same um, you know amount you're using the minutes. same speed throughout the whole service where mm -hmm. if yeah I know what you're saying yeah. as far as that because she did a little lymphatic on me and it was wonderful and it was like a set like there was a metronome and yeah. it was just all very rhythmic and steady and it didn't start out that way and then get faster so it was consistent all the way through which is nice because that's what you want it's going to that repetitive motion whether it's in lymphatic or any type of massage 
that's what's going to kind of I don't know what the right word is. We, I don't want to yeah. say hypnotize because we, yeah. we don't want to hypnotize our clients, but we do want to kind of lull them into relaxation so that we can affect change in the muscular system. Yeah, there might be, I don't know if it's a delta or a theta wave, like a brain wave yeah. that you're going into. I have to look, look to make sure <laughs> that that was right. But yeah, that kind of like change their brain wave where, you know, they're not they're not agitated, but they're also not totally dead asleep. Right. You know, you want to give them some time in that in-between, in that relaxation state between, you know, totally agitated and totally asleep, you know, passed out. We want to give them time in that rest period, like a um, restorative yoga kind of a feeling. Right. And I, I just had a, a client yesterday who, when I was working on her legs and feet, she started to snore a little bit. And when the massage was over, she said, you know, I wasn't asleep. I was awake hmm. and I could hear myself snoring. She's like, I was on a different plane. <laughs> so, hmm. you know, while her, her body might've gone to sleep, her mind was still focused on what I was doing and that. So I think we kind of want to get them in that um, outer body experience where they're feeling it, but they're able to relax. And I think that goes back to creating a good massage. If you can get the client to relax enough where they're not worried, oh, is my foot twitching? Do they think I'm fat? (laughs) Yeah, right. Are my feet dirty? You know, where they're they're not thinking about that. All they're thinking about is how wonderful they're feeling and not even really thinking they're just yeah. feeling and experiencing yeah yeah and they can kind of be in that relaxation state so their body can start to heal mm-hmm. i mean um the lymphatic uh school has actually like that's the water school has a, a term for it called the sympaticolytic effect mm-hmm. uh, specifically to that where the idea that you're in such a deep relaxation state um that your body has a chance to heal itself that there's this extra effect you know, just for the relaxation that, for example, when I do lymphatic on myself, I'm not going to get that right. relaxation state. You know, you, you have an added benefit of having, you know, a relaxation state um, during massage. And yeah, sorry. And that I, I think you're not going to maybe achieve that level every single time because sometimes it depends on what they have going on in their life. If they're able to let go of the world that they're in to just be in that moment. And as a therapist, you know, you may have stuff going on where you can't focus. And I think having um, some way to, some exercises to give therapists. I know when I was in school, we did a lot of grounding exercises. We worked a lot with energy, with polarity and things like that. And I think that's really helped me. I use it quite a bit subconsciously, I feel Mm -hmm. like. That's one of the reasons I work without my shoes because I like to kind of stretch my feet out. I like to feel the ground. And I kind of will say this mantra, especially if I have a client on the table who I'm finding a lot of knots and tension, they're not relaxing. I kind of have to just tell myself, let it flow through me, not from me, so that I'm not trying to give all this extra effort to break through their walls. And Hmm. whether it's physical or emotional, I want to just create that, that feeling of comfortableness where they can just let go. Yeah, yeah. without me killing myself. (laughs) Right, yeah, that we're a channel, you know, we're not giving of ourselves, and a lot of that we're going to talk about professionalism and therapeutic boundaries in the next episode. Yes. Um, But, yeah, the idea that we are, you know, present for them and there for them, and that, you know, all you have to do, I mean, honestly, like, just, I mean, it's hard to do, but to pay attention, right, to be present is, it's a hard thing to do, but it's also not that 
demanding. You don't have to have all these things memorized. You don't have to give all this effort. You don't have to, you know, all you can do is just be present. You're really going to, you know, make a difference. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, For me, my other, one of my other massage therapists who was so influential for me was uh, the founder of Deep Flow. Mm. Um, She has a retreat center in El Salvador. So if anyone wants to go down, you can check out deepflow.ca. Uh, but she, you know, kind of created this deep flow, which is like a combination of yoga and massage. And there's a lot of things I do that are deep flow-ish because it was part of my initial training that I don't even know. I can't, t- I couldn't tell you what a non-deep flow <laughs> massage would be like because I, I just kind of combine everything. Yeah. But she was really, you know, she really embodies that kind of like present almost it's almost intimidating when you come in like you you you, you don't want to bring in all of your anxieties like I, I I have such a respect for her that when I go in for a treatment I'm like prepared ahead of time to have an experience and I think there's something to be said for that it's not exactly like everybody can do that starting out but the idea of building your own practice that you know building yourself as a as a container for people to have an experience I think that's the word experience is a great word. I've had, you know, people say it was when they had work for me, and um, this is not, I'm going to try to say this without <laughs> sounding like I'm really arrogant or anything because yeah. I'm not, but, um, you know, they said it's not just a massage, it's the whole experience, and it's a experience. And um, I think it all comes down to the environment, the atmosphere, the personal attention, the staying focused on the client all of that comes into play and that's what you want to create to to give somebody the best massage you can it may mm-hmm. not be the best massage they've ever had but they're going to feel like it was and they're going to say this is the best massage i've ever had they may say it again yeah. in a couple of weeks if they have another good therapist but right that moment that's how yeah. they feel and that's what you want yeah and hopefully they'll you know recommend other people to you and that's how you get that um that kind of following of, of people who are who are coming to you specifically yes so. So that sounds like a great place to wrap up. Uh, We will see you next week on the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage podcast. Uh, If you have any ideas for topics that you want us to talk about or um, questions at all, you can visit our website, which is www.oconeemassageschool.com and use the contact form there to get in touch with us. We'd be happy to hear from you. Yeah, I'd love to get some feedback. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks so much. Well, that's it for today on the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage podcast. If you want to find out more about our training programs or continuing education, please visit our website at www.oconeemassageschool.com. We hope to see you next week for more massage therapy conversations.